Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Previously on Dungeons & Dragons. We are the Guild of the Nine Shadows. Fancy. (laughs) Well, be on your way. Go catch the train. What's a train? Do we know what trains are? Yes, because you've ridden the train before. Have we? (laughs) When you arrive in Waterdeep, you sense a sudden shift in the wind, and with it brings a strange sense of unease. One woman stands up, and she says, the disturbance that's been sensed across the Sword Coast is the Dracorn. Well, I say we go north because it sounds like more fun as well. And that's how I base a lot of my decisions to adventure. That to you too. This is the uh, F-R-O-S-T-S-K-I-M-M-R. Oh, the Frost Skimmer. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for playing along with that. As the ship hits a large wave, you have to hold onto the railing and you hear more crewmen scream from port side as people and cargo are dumped into the water. You guys should be making now either a dexterity or a strength check to see if you stay on the boat. All right. So whichever is better for you. Mm. Oh, strength is better for me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> guys. <laughs> guys, I roll, I roll a five. Plus two. All right. <laughs> yeah. Solid seven. Okay. I rolled a ten plus four. So that is 14. Uh, I rolled a 12 and it also plus four. So it's a 16 for me. You have a low center of gravity because you're a dwarf. So you just like, yes, you're I'm, solid. I'm short to the ground. Yes. He is so tall and thin and graceful that she just like gets knocked over easily. <laughs> it actually all makes perfect sense. It's all checking out. So Flint, you managed to hold on to the edge, but Thea, Nulara, you are knocked into the frigid cold waters. Uh-oh. There are... Um, five, six, seven marrow in the water with you. Was Nulara knocked over with her flaming sword? Because you can totally use that now. Uh, you have all of your, oh, you all of your equipment, yeah. You don't have to worry about burning the one boat down. Thing that That's I'm going to tell you, one thing that I'm going to tell you now is that both of you who are knocked into the water, you have to make a constitution saving throw at the you? start of each of your turns. So not yet. Oh, and we might have disadvantage. Um, On each failed saving throw, which I will tell you if you pass or fail. Uh Oh. um, (laughs) On each failed saving throw, the you suffer one level of exhaustion. Hmm. So once we get there, we'll I'll tell you what happens if you fail. But until then, let's roll for initiative. Twenty. I got a. Oh, good one. (laughs) Uh, I Uh, eighteen. I got a three. Solid. So got that real bad roll out of the well, way. I mean, you got knocked on. into the water, right? So I got my good roll out of the way early <laughs> on, and now I can just do mediocre shit for the rest of the time. Excellent. Okay, so Thea, you're up first. So you've got yeah, I am. Yeah, you've got you've got <laughs> yeah, most yeah. of the marrows so uh, swimming around you. Sweet. As so you they're fall. within like. So each square is five feet. Oh, we're on the opposite side of the boat too. Okay. Yeah, you are farthest away from. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, Flint's up there. He could help you. No, you know what? That's fine. Um, (laughs) I'm going to do Ice Storm. I'm going to cast Ice Storm. Okay. And what does Ice Storm do? Um, Ice Storm. It rains down ice from the skies. You should look up because that's going to affect a lot of people. Okay, or not a lot of people. If it does, I'll I'll take it back. Also, because we are in an icy place, these creatures probably have advantage against icy stuff. Oh, yeah, but it's bludgeoning. Oh, yeah, that's some aggressive ice. It's some like big ass (laughs) hail things coming down. Okay, okay. Like, (laughs) doesn't anything get hurt if you hit it hard enough? (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's always been my philosophy. It's like, I live in the mountains, so if you hit me with rocks, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, Ice Storm. A hail of rock-hard ice pounds to the ground in a 20-foot radius, 40-foot high cylinder centered on a point within range. So it's 20 okay. feet. So where's my point within range that would not affect the boat? Is it the farthest guy? Um, 5, 10, uh, 15, 20? Well, it's centered, right? So yeah. it comes out. So that would be 5... 10. So, yeah, you would miss the boat if you centered it kind of here around. Okay, good. I'll go to the left of the furthest guy. Ooh, Ooh, fancy. (laughs) (laughs) What? Things are happening. I I showed them where I was talking about and they saw the little circle pop. Oh, I thought thought they were talking about how impressive my ice storm was going to be. Uh, Oh, that's also. Well, no, I like that too, but. Each creature in the cylinder must make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. You're gonna do that right now. Yeah, I'm just going to. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> no, but like, are they gonna do that right now? I'm just going to label these guys as we go here, so that I can keep track of them. That is going to be 18 for red guy. Okay, red guy saves. And 13 for blue guy. Ooh, blue guy doesn't. Okay, so red guy is going to take half damage. So. The creatures take 2d8 bludgeoning and 4d6 cold damage on a failed save. Whoa. Okay. Or so. half as much on a successful one. Yeah. Okay. So roll so that out. I roll a 2d8. I know what that dice looks like. Shut up. <laughs> Seven. Seven. Fourteen. Ooh, good roll. Damn. That was the bludgeoning damage. So yeah. one guy gets that full shot and another guy only gets seven of that. Okay. So and what about happens. the cold? Um... 4d6. Six. Six. One. Four. Ooh, that's, that's 17. So 31. Jesus. Thea's on a hot streak with those rolls. Um, She's killing it. Okay. Wow. Good. <laughs> the red guy takes half of that, yes? Or yes. all of the cold? He takes 2d... Eight bludgeoning and 46 cold on a failed save or half as much on a successful okay, one. So, just, so he yeah. just takes half of half whatever of damage that I so yeah. 15. Okay. Uh, so blue guy is bloodied. Yeah, he is. Red guy is. Not. I swim in the pool of his blood. Fantastic. <laughs> I revel in it. I, I feel like it fuels me. It's going to warm you up in that frigid water. Yeah, well. <laughs> Advantage. Can you oh, you didn't take boxes? your constitution saving throw. Oh shit! Well, we we'll forego it for this first go around just because oh, you I didn't make sorry. it because it, if you failed it, it would have affected how your rolls were. Of course. Um, okay. Um, so let's pretend I did it and I did really well. Flint, you're up. All right. Um, none of them are on the boat yet, correct? Uh, no. 
They are not. I'm wondering if I should just stay on the boat or like jump on in there. You should stay on the boat, I think, Flint, for sure. Skis. Throw boxes and stuff. Okay. Can you find something to throw? Uh, so Larry's still on the boat with me. Who else is on the boat? Uh, you've got, we'll say, two crewmen on the on the surface of the boat. There are more crewmen underneath, but they haven't come up. Okay. So two crewmen, Larry and myself. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I will mosey on over towards uh, where Larry and the crewmen are just to... Just to give the appearance like I'm ready to fight in case anybody comes over the side. Do you have any ranged attacks? Do you have a bow and arrow or anything? Do you have a slingshot? I've got some throwing axes. Yeah, Yeah, but you'll lose that forever. Yeah, it'll be gone. Mm, That's true. I do have a throwing axe here or um, a slingshot here somewhere. Hang on. I will refer to the page. You guys picked up those slingshots in like the first session. So that's. I've I've used mine before. (laughs) I know. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. I know I've used it too, but it's just been a very long time. Come on, Dennis the Menace, these Uh, bitches. Do it. Okay, there we go. Um, 1d4 plus 2, and it's got a plus 3 to hit. Okay. So I guess I will uh, try and attack. Uh, let's. How is uh, Mr. Blue doing? Is he bloodied, or is he doing okay? Mr. Blue is the only bloodied one so far. All right, well, I'll try and add to his misery by uh, throwing a couple sling rocks at him. Okay. Because I'm a real jerk. Uh, so that's 16 on the first one. Uh, for your uh, for your attack roll? Yes, definitely not for damage. I don't think a 1d4 goes that high. <laughs> that's fair, that hits. So five damage on uh, on the first attack. And, whoa, crit 20. What? With a slingshot. <laughs> yeah, way to waste it on a slingshot, hey? Uh, so five damage with the first, uh, oh, five again, so ten damage uh, in total on the second So one. you hit the marrow with the second shot there, and you see him disappear beneath the waves. Um, Sweet. And you can assume that he is no more. <gasps> no, no, put the That's skull That's a big red X through him. Come on. Well, that means he's poisoned. Oh, does it? Oh, never mind then. <sighs> it's gone. <laughs> you don't have to deal with him. Um, now it's the marrow's turn. So we're going to go the green and orange guys. Uh, three of the marrow um, begin to rock the boat again. I break out into song from Guys and Dolls. <laughs> this is all that's been in my head, Amy, ever since he said rock the boat the first time. So thank you for saying that. Because this whole time I'm like, don't knock the boat over. Yeah, it's in there. It's in my head. Um, so... They begin to... Um, I just wrote down rock the boat on my note. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've said it enough times that it obviously means something. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They begin to do the, that, but it doesn't the rock... The episode title. It doesn't rock the surface of the boat nearly as much as the last time. There aren't as many of them doing that, so we don't need to make any saves there. This yellow guy goes to attack one of these crewmen. And... New Lara, you hear, because you're on the same side as him, you hear a scream from behind you as uh, the marrow takes a, a bite out of that crewman. Uh-oh. He takes eight damage on that bite. And purple guy is going to move over and go to attack you, New Lara. He comes at you with his, his claws, and he gets a 17 on this first attack. Uh, 17 is my AC. Which means he fails. He's a failure. He's a failure. Hate him. He tries to pull you in for a bite, though, and again misses on that one. Red guy comes over to Thea here. I'd like to see him try. 
does the same thing. He gets a 23, not oh, critical, okay, on his claws. Fine, fine. And you take... A shower. <laughs> uh, 12 damage, 12 piercing damage. Ah. Um, and he pulls you... <laughs> I don't know why it's right. Because you probably clicked something. I didn't. Uh, and he tries to pull you in for a bite, and he, again, Nulara, you're up there, so all the, all the marrow have gone. Nulara, it's your turn. Okay, so I whisper Muy Caliente. Yes. And it's amazing, and my sword lights on fire. Uh, and then I <laughs> roll a not fantastic roll of a six, but I have plus nine, so that is... 15. Is that a hit? 15 is a hit, yes. Great. Then I am going to do 7 plus 5 is 12 plus 6 is 18 damage to uh, that purple guy. Yep. And then I'm going to attack him again. Yeah, you will. Uh, Maybe I won't. That was a 4, so that is a 13. Uh, 13 is not good. Okay, what about Donnie? Donnie's going to do some, I don't know, he's going to do something. Let's see what he's going to do. Sure. He rolled a 16. There you go, that's good. Well, Donnie, what a good job he's doing. And I think that he just does a D4 plus something is my recollection. Yep. So he rolled a 2 plus 2, so that's 4 damage. And then that he has to do a constitution saving throw because he's Donnie's trying to sting him. That is a 6. <gasps> oh my goodness. He is poisoned for one hour. It's never happened before. <laughs> Donnie just like peed. He's so excited. <laughs> That's like, it. Podcast over. <laughs> We're done now. Um, what did you say you rolled? Six. Okay. Oh, it's so much even better, you guys. It's so much. Even if the saving throw fails by five or more, which it did because he had to beat eleven, mm-hmm. the target falls unconscious for one hour. What? He's gonna drown. What? Donnie just nice. drowned a guy. Wow, Donnie. Donnie, you're so badass. Oh, that's so good. Let's just say he's under the water. Yes. So he's yeah, he disappears beneath the surface and he's he's gone. Amazing. Ooh. Donnie. Yes, we high five. Of yeah. course. Oh, of yeah. course. We you know what like with his little tiny, his little tiny pseudo dragon paw. He swim he flies over me. We high five. Uh, now it's Larusta's turn. I mean, Larry. Larry. Do it, Larry. And he um, has a heavy crossbow that he's going to try and shoot uh, one of the marrow with. So he rolls. Oh, not well. He only gets a five on his attack roll. So he doesn't. He shoots into the water because he's he's just a little frazzled. Is what's going on here. Um, and then the crewmen get a turn here. So this guy is going to come over here and throw his spear, which hits for six damage to this yellow guy. And this crewman is going to attack said yellow guy, guy, but it does not. And this guy is going to Why are we always teamed up with... People can't do shit. <laughs> uh, crewmen don't do anything. We're just going to omit the crewmen for now. Oh, poor crewmen. Okay. Uh, Thea, you're up. Yeah, I am. All right. 
So I am going, well, who, who's around me right now? I got red guy, I got green guy. Green guy trying to shake the boat. Oh, wait, I need to, I need to roll. I have to do a constitution saving throw? No, that's hard. Oh, yes. Beginning you, of my you, turn? You, yeah. You Come on. Be, yes. Make a constitution <laughs> saving throw. <laughs> Way to be honest. So, yeah. Way to be honest. so excited. I did. Seven. Uh, seven, you failed your first saving throw, which means you are now at level one of exhaustion, which means you have disadvantage on ability checks. Okay, that's fine, but I can still... You can still, I can do still murder him with my magic? Yeah. Neat. Mm. Okay, I'm going to swim a little bit over to green guy, um, and I'm going to use blight, which means... The necromantic energy washes over the creature of my choice that I can see within range, draining moisture and vitality from it. The target the target must make a constitution saving throw. That's five. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be good. The target takes 8d8 necrotic damage on a failed save. Whew. Okay. Let's do this. Do you need some more d8s? Nah, I just need someone to add for me. Five. Four, six, seven, nine. Is there a reason why he's only counting by ones and twos? Eleven. <laughs> I don't like it. Really shitty. Eighteen. There we go. There we go. <laughs> what am I at? Twenty-one. Twenty-nine. Thirty. Thirty. Nice, even thirty. Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I rolled many ones and twos. Let's just say that. Okay. So you bloodied him with that damage. Is there anything else that happens? Is there? Are you asking me if there's anything more than eight d eight damage? Anything more than the thirty damage? Well, like it wasn't enough? Happened. Like, he pees a little bit, and it gets a little bit warmer in that water for uh, Thea. Yeah, I swim a little bit closer just to make sure that I'm <laughs> for sure getting as much of the warmth as I can. Flint, you're up there. Um, I guess none of them are on the boat yet. Hey, uh, not at the moment. No, I blighted the guy who was trying. Yeah, I guess I will. Uh, I guess I will slingshot away since I have twenty-eight more sling stones. All right. Uh, the first one was not. Well, I mean, it might not be successful, but nine. Nine is not <laughs> successful. No. Okay. Oh, this is better. Twenty-three. Twenty-three is much more successful. Okay, perfect. And five damage. And I guess I will go for uh, Mr. Red. Red. And now it's their turn. I'm just going to do one big roll for them. So red guy begins to uh, climb up into the boat. He's going to try and go for you there, buddy. All right. He uh, misses on his first claw, but second one, that's going to be a 21, not critical. All right. And you will get... Hep A. <laughs> My favorite of the heps. Uh, that's 10 damage. Hey, all right. Green guy. Much the same. First claw doesn't do anything. Second um, gets a 19 Ugh. on Thea. I assumed. Yeah. That's eight damage. Orange guy backs away from the boat here and pulls out a harpoon. And tries to shoot up onto the boat at Larusta, and that is a twenty-two. So he hits Larusta for eleven One damage. Eleven damage. Larino. <laughs> this guy here pulls the uh, crewman he's battling under the water. The yellow one 
misses entirely what he's doing. So uh, it is Nular's turn. So you have to make a constitution saving throw there. Okay. Uh, so I rolled a 12. What Do I do anything else with that? Do I add anything to that? Yeah, your constitution bonus. Oh, I see. Uh, so that's 13. You save that. So you are not exhausted yet. Ooh, nice. Perfect. Uh, am I able to do an action, but then also an attack? Or those are the same thing? Or I can move, right? You can I'd move, like to yeah. try and get back in the boat and then shoot someone with an arrow. Can I do both of those things or do I have to choose? No, you can do both of those things. Like you can move up to 30 feet and each right. square is five. Feet. We'll say that to climb up into the boat is another. Okay. Yeah, you could you could move up and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's what I would rather than swimming alongside <laughs> the boat. I will try to get Smart. in the boat, which I assume I do like strength or dexterity or what do I what should I try to roll to do that? Yeah, maybe dexterity check. Okay. Uh, that is 17. That is fine. So you're back up into the boat there. Nice. There I am. Look, I moved and everything. Uh, so I'm going to check out these, this rotational skill. Is the red guy in the boat? Uh, the red guy is, yes, in the boat, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I also sheathed my sword, so it's not on fire <laughs> anymore, so the captain won't kick me out of the boat. <laughs> Uh, so maybe I will, no, since I'm on the boat and he's only 10. Okay, so I can still move more. I can still move over to the red guy, right? Uh, Rather than shooting someone outside of the boat with an arrow? Yeah, you should be fine. Great. I'm going to, I'm going to attack him. Uh, that is a 20, not, Mm -hmm. like, not a natural 20. I am not on fire anymore so he only gets (laughs) (laughs) so he only gets i rolled two sixes on my d6 so he plus two so he is a 14 damage and then i'm going to attack him again because f that guy uh which is a 17 and then he gets two plus six eight plus two ten more damage because i hate that guy. Um, he gets knocked back out of the boat and he is dead. Perfect. Uh, now Donnie will, I think he can go 60 feet. I think he can go a bit further because he's flying. So he maybe is going to go over and try to bite the green guy that is attacking sure. Thea. Attacking is you lose that term. And he <laughs> got... Oh, yeah, because you, you dehydrated him, didn't you? Yeah, he's looking sick. Well, it's fine. He's still the closest to the people <laughs> I care about the most, so he's yeah. going to... Finish him um, off, Donnie. Finish him off. Yes. So Donnie rolled the 16 plus 3, so that's 19. Donnie killing it tonight. I know. Donnie is doing real good. And then he gets 2 plus 2, so that's 4 damage, and then the guy needs to uh, roll. Uh, constitution. He gets a 15 on his constitution. Okay, so he is not paralyzed. Okay. This time. This time. And it's LaRusta's turn now. And Come on, Larry. reloads his crossbow and tries to shoot at the orange marrow in the water. Oh, Jesus, Larry. <laughs> and doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, what the fuck? It's like, I'm sorry, guys. It's cold on the fingers. Your turn. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, I'm in the water, I guess, still. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, which has worked out for me fine, but I'm going to try to get back up in the boat and also use a ranged weapon. So if you try and get back up in the boat, you're going to have an opportunity attack on you from the marrow that's right beside you. Oh, fine. I will fight him. <laughs> if I just must. kill that guy, then get back in the boat. Yeah, I'm I'm very close to him, so I'm just going to I'm gonna I'm gonna take a dagger and I'm gonna both my daggers. And I'm gonna dagger him in the sides, like in both ribs, like like nobody can see the action I'm making, but I'm. I feel like it. I can Great picture radio. it. I feel like I know the one you're Thank doing. You. I could hear it, and that helped me visualize um, it. This this is strength, right? <laughs> yeah. Twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, twenty one's great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so dagger is one d four plus two. Okay, is that all it is? Really? Yeah, it's a dagger. Two. Plus two. Four. Yeah, that's it. But did you dagger him with twice so just for one of my daggers, or? Oh yeah, yeah. You okay. Go again, yeah. Okay. Good. Three. No. One. You rolled two for your first one. Yeah. So you only get to roll it once more. Okay, f- fine. Seven. God. <laughs> yes, right? No, two? Nine. What? Why? Two, two plus two. Is four plus three? <laughs> three plus two. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's just split the difference and go nine. <laughs> he is dead, too. Yay. <laughs> I killed him. Yay. Can I move after I attack? Yes. Okay. I want to crawl back up on the boat. Yeah, make a dex. Oh, I should have rolled before then. Just make it. Sweet. It's all right. 19. Yay. You're back up in the boat. <laughs> you just like levitate out My rolls have been just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You still have that exhaustion stance on, yes, on you. Fine. Whose turn is it? Flip. Uh, it's your it's turn. my turn. Uh, all right, so the rest of them are still down in the water, correct? Uh, yes, the pinkish-looking one there, he is under the water. You can't actually see those two right now. Uh, okay. But the yellow one and the orange one are still visible. Uh, all right, I guess I'll uh, take a little trip uh, down the boat. I will uh, throw some or throw some more slings at uh, the orange fellow. Uh, oh, since I get bonus crits on 19, that's a crit. Nice. Uh, all right. So that's uh, one and two is three. Solid roll. And five. So eight damage on the first attack. Okay. And second attack roll is a 13. Any bonuses with that? Uh, that was with bonuses. Oh. <laughs> uh, 13 is not good. Okay. So the marrow are going to go. So um, this pink marrow comes back up here. And the crewman does not. Uh-oh. He's been under for yeah. a while now. Well, yeah, full full turn here, but yeah. So the crewman does not come back up. Um, the pink guy does, however, and he reaches up to into the boat to grab at this other crewman that's here. Um, and pulls this crewman into the water. Um, this yellow one, he attacks the other crewman... And takes a chunk out of him with his claws, and he takes another eight damage. And orange guy shoots his harpoon up into the boat at Flint. Bring it. 
And he rolls a 23, not critical. Ooh. And you get... You brought it. He did. Uh, you get seven damage. Okay. Nulara, your turn. I guess the pink and yellow marrows are like on those guys, right? I shouldn't be firing arrows at them. Unless you're really sure that you're going to... I'm on a moving know. boat. I'm probably not that confident. So I will shoot an arrow at the orange guy. Uh, that is a... Sorry, I don't use my bow that often. I need to check my things. That is a 22. I'll assume that's a hit. You're good to go, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for one damage. Oh, yeah. Ooh. But I will I will shoot another arrow at him on my next attack. For one damage? Uh, and that's a... Yeah. Wow. Because uh, it's only 1d8 for my... That's oh, it. Yes, yeah. No bonuses. Like, I don't have anything with that weapon, but it's my only ranged weapon. So I got a 19 on my second attack, and that is three damage. Uh, Donnie is maybe going to go and try and bite, like, the yellow guy. Because um, he, can, he can get in there quick. Uh, he got a 23. Donnie. Donnie's badass. Killing it. Oh, Donnie. I know. It's crazy. He's really coming into his own. Uh, and he got six damage. And, uh, that guy needs to do, uh, uh, constitution. He got an 18 on his constitution. Well, I guess he's fine then. And then... Larusta gets another turn to to save save the day. Okay. So he shoots his heavy crossbow again, and that's a 17 this time. So he actually hits something this time. Oh, nice. Whoa, Larry. I don't know which dice to use because he hasn't hit anything yet. There we go. (laughs) Uh, And he gives six damage to the orange. Good job, Larry. Nice. Way to join the party. I'm useful. Well, let's let's not <laughs> let's not go. Yeah, let's, let's not, not go, go putting labels there. on anything. <laughs> it's now the crewman's turn. They're in the water. They have to thrash around wildly. Thrash around wildly. One of them takes a level of exhaustion, but the one on the yellow one manages to uh, land a hit, and he takes uh, two damage. Uh, Thea, your turn. Uh, I'm going to... I can run across the boat, right? Yeah. I can go 30 feet, so 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Uh, I'm going to take out my oath bow, um, and I look at the yellow one, and I say, swift death to those who have wronged me, and I I try to shoot him. Fourteen plus bow's dexterity, right? Fourteen. Uh, yes, fourteen's good. Cool. Three d six. Six damage. Hey, Flint, you're all up. right. Um, so okay, so still no one in the boat. Nobody in the boat. Okay, I've got uh, twenty seven stones <laughs> left, so I will swing <laughs> away again. Uh, that's a twenty, but not critical. Okay. Uh, I'm still going for Mr. Orange, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's four damage on the first one, and twenty-two not critical, and four damage again. Consistent. Solid. You did more damage with a slingshot than I did with an oath bow. 
Dennis the Solid. Menace wins again. Um, it's the Marrow's turn. Um, so the pink and the yellow Marrow um, pull both of those crewmen under the water. Um, and they disappear. And at the same time that happens, the orange one disappears under the water. And as you wait for a little while, none of them come back up. It appears that they have fled. I'll take it as a win. Fantastic. Yay. Uh, some of the other crewmen kind of watch over the edge to see if anything comes back up, um, as does Larry. Uh, but those three crewmen that were brought overboard um, died in that in that battle. But Larry says, well, that happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he is not broken up. Wow. He's not. They so, knew what they were getting Some of the crewmen seem a little more perturbed, but Larry's like, well, yeah, they signed on for that. But you guys, you fight really well. Thanks. In comparison to me, who does not apparently fight very well. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but you're a hell of a captain. Oh, thanks. Thanks for saying. Thanks for saying. So with that done, it was it's about nighttime now. Um, and you guys continue to travel on as you said you wanted to just stay on the boat through the day and night. And come morning, you see off in the distance um, some f- fishing boats filled with what looks like hunters um, in, the, in the boats. So there are two boats you see going by some nearby ice flows, and they are filled with um, six hunters. What are they hunting? Maybe we should ask them that. How far away are they? You see them at quite a distance. Um, If you were to have Larry redirect the boat, you could get to them. Can we just ask Larry what he thinks they might be hunting? I only asked that question because I thought it was strange that we automatically assumed they're hunters maybe on a fishing boat. They have spears and stuff. Oh, so we're close enough to see their weaponry? Yes. Okay. Should we just talk to them? Maybe they know more about this woman we're trying to find. Maybe they've seen her. We might want to go over there. It's probably a good idea. Sure. Hey, Larry. Yes. Let's head over to that boat and ask those, the the crew, a few questions. Maybe they can give us a little more direction. Maybe they've seen something. He says, uh, yeah, we could we could do that. There are, uh, there are some tribes in this area. So, I mean, they're usually pretty... Uh, Pretty forthcoming and friendly, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll go over there. So they they redirect the boat, and um, you notice that the the two canoe boats um, kind of notice your ship coming towards them, and they are beginning to paddle away from you. <laughs> they do not like the cut of our jib. Is it because our boat is like blood streaked and like? I mean, scary? it could have something to do with it, but uh, <laughs> yours is faster than than theirs. Um, and you pull up alongside, um, and one of the crewmen begins talking to them in a language that none of you speak. Not even me. I speak a lot you of You don't speak this language. <laughs> <laughs> I also speak five languages. Um, who speaks? <laughs> the made-up word you're about to make up. Towel microphone. Dwarfish. <laughs> oh, that's me. Yulik. Yulik? Yulik. You like what? You like. Oh, easy there, people. <laughs> None of you speaking, all right? Fine. So they well, have a uh, an interaction, um, and people in the boats, they seem quite unfriendly and give very short answers to whatever the crewman is saying. Um, and before 
the crewman is kind of done talking, they try harder to paddle away. And so it doesn't look like they're offering any information to him. And it, he comes over after and says, I don't quite know why they're like that. I mean, usually they, they're, they're a shy group, but they don't, generally speaking, act with any malice or rude, rude towards... <laughs> towards, you know, outsiders coming in and asking questions. Um, so it seems odd, but they didn't give me anything to go on based on what you guys are looking for. I want to talk to them more and make them give me answers. Could we, could Donnie, because he can speak to people telepathically using images. So could he show them, I guess we don't know what it looks like, but we're looking for that drag horn. Yep. Right? Maybe he could show them a picture of, like, a dragon and a horn. Yeah, something like that, like, to try and communicate them uh, sans language. Yeah, you could do that. Okay. Yep. Um, so Donnie does so and gives them all an image in their minds of what do you want the image to be? Um, well, because we don't know what the woman we're looking for looks like, right? So mm -hmm. we couldn't do that. It's not like he saw a picture, but... Um, yeah, I guess like, yeah, the dragon and a horn. I mean, it's called a drac horn. So that seems reasonable, right? Yeah, the dracorn. Uh, yeah, he does that. He shows them a dragon and a horn. Um, and, and we're talking like the instrument, not like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not like a Well, I just like thought you need to clarify for yeah. Donnie. Yeah. Like the instrument, perhaps a French horn. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so he shows them that, and they all look very confused, and some of them a bit scared. <laughs> Solid. Um, okay. At the fact that they're seeing these images against their will. Uh, oh my God, Donnie just mind will. break them. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and they begin to paddle faster uh, <laughs> off into the distance. Seems fair. Yeah. Congratulations, everyone. We scared them half okay. to death. <laughs> Now they have stories to tell. What else do we see? Uh, just some ice? You see a lot of ice and, yeah, just the canoes heading off into uh, into the distance. Um, that's, that's all you see right now. Do we want to follow them? I mean, that seemed like an unworthwhile interaction <laughs> because we can't talk to them. <laughs> so Yeah, maybe we leave them alone and go back on our, continue our course. Okay. So you... What were all those dice rollings? I have to decide what you see next. <laughs> it's magic. I see. Um, so you guys continue on for a little while. Um, are you going in the same direction as the boats or a different direction? I think the previous course we had set before okay. we asked. Yeah. So you guys here. carry on for uh, another half day or so. And off in the distance... Oh, during that time, yeah. I, I sit and I meditate. Good call. Okay. For four hours, which means I'm good to go. Well, this is the next day anyway, right? So everybody should be all healed up. Yeah, there's enough time for a long, long rest in okay. there. Yeah. So everybody should have. I, I still take back. my long rest in a short period of time because I can. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you hear um, above ship, Larry yells down. He says, uh, you guys should uh, should come up here and take a look at something. Well, that's vague. Let's go take a look at something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> you go up and you see he points off um off to the side and you see 
a large silhouette of a massive iceberg with a flattened expanse at one end uh, rising to jagged peaks at the other. And he says that, I don't know for sure, but what this iceberg looks like, looks like that of what could be one of Aruthatar's layers. Ooh. Let's check it out. Ooh. The direction of it does kind of match where the people in the boats were going. Let's let's get there. Let's see what's up. Oh, I want to put my feet on solid ground. Totally. So as you get closer, you um, come up to this uh, large shelf of ice down near the, the water line, and you see the canoes, or very similar canoes, the hunter that were being talked to and given <laughs> images earlier. You also see that this landing is littered with enormous cracked bones, including ribs that arch taller than a human, creating an entryway into where you can climb up onto this iceberg. Seems inviting. <laughs> is there a welcome mat of <laughs> Totally. You spend a little while kind of looking at the area. If you want to make a nature check. As a 14 for me. It's a 6. 13. But I have advantage on that. What does that mean? Uh, you get plus two. Yeah. Uh, okay. So 15? So you recognize the bones as mostly whale and um, and huge seal bones. Um, and as you kind of examine them a little more, um, you discover tooth marks with a monstrous bite radius, giving leaving you evidence that some sort of gigantic predator ate at least some of these creatures. And as you examine through them, you find some smaller human bones um, in the pile as well, all of which show the same uh, same bite marks. Well, that sounds promising. Mm-hmm. I think there's a dragon over here. Let's go. I run forward through the <laughs> through the ribs, <laughs> but like singing in the rain style. So I'm kind of like swinging <laughs> off of each of the ones. I'm just happy to be back on the ground. <laughs> Twirling around them. Uh, as you guys kind of get off the boat, Larry says, uh, if it's all the same to you guys, I would like to keep my crewmen on the ship. Being that if this is, in fact, a dragon's lair, I don't want to leave my ship unguarded. Fair enough. Yep, you guys are pretty useless anyway. Mm-hmm. And it and it did prove to be a very safe place for all of your crewmen on the yeah. boat. I kind of more muttered that. I don't want to be rude, but I do want to talk a little bit of shit, yeah. like just to you guys about him. So, like, whatever. No problem there. Yeah, yeah it's time for a break, obviously. Well, you know, we've been traveling long enough. I'm get, We're all getting a bit irritated with each other. A little cabin fever sitting in. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. An ice chasm splits the cliff face above the ice shelf rising to the top of the plateau. And the chasm is about 20 feet wide near the bottom, but narrows to 5 feet wide at the top. And steps are cut into the ice, uh, making, making for an easy climb up to the top of the plateau. As you get up to the top, it's not level. The ground is uneven and fractured um, by different narrow ice chasms. You see... When you come up to the top of the plateau, in a row, there are uh, ten corpses frozen into a wall of ice. You see three Lusker warriors, a dwarf, and six of the people who look the same as those who you were talking to in the canoes. The bodies have been preserved in the ice, uh, making it impossible to tell how long they've been there. But that's what you see as you walk up there, and there is a bit of a footpath that continues along more towards the center of this iceberg. 
I stop in front of one of the frozen people and I look back at Plinthy and go, should I like thaw one of them out and see if see if they're still alive? They could maybe tell us how they got here and what's going on. <laughs> How's your resurrection magic? Uh, it's not. So I could thaw them and they could just be dead or they could be just frozen. And when I thaw them out, they they'll probably still be dead. <laughs> But they mean they could be alive. I think we could probably leave. Okay. Maybe next time. Okay, well, if nothing else turns up, let's come let's come back and unthaw one of these bad boys. I I, I patch the ice and I'm like, maybe next time you guys. I'll get my necromancy <laughs> under under check and love it. There is um an obvious path which looks to be that of which has been made by the hunters who you saw um in the canoe leading towards the center of the iceberg there. Off we go. Yeah, I was I'm already on the path. <laughs> <laughs> As you travel um along it, it doesn't take a long time before you see smoke rising um over some of the uh, snowdrifts and some of the different chasms and stuff that you that you're walking through and around. Um but you see um smoke rising from the center of the iceberg. Um in very chimney-esque type hmm. streams. Guys, I think we should go there immediately. Agreed. What else are we doing? We hurry faster thinking <laughs> that there might be like a warm place. Um, as you approach, there's a large chasm and ice ledge. You are noticed by a pack of sled dogs that is a little bit further ahead there, and they begin barking and growling. Um, as you enter into this open area that opens into a village. I have animal handling. I'm proficient in animal handling. Okay. I also have animal handling. Okay. So I also have a minus to my animal handling ability. <laughs> you stay back. <laughs> All right. You stay back. I think maybe we, like, get them to stop barking. We, like, befriend them and we're like, it's okay, puppy dogs. Because we don't want to alert the town and... You know, barking dogs make people un- unsteady. Makes sense. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, eight plus seven. Uh, are you the only one, Nilara? Are you doing this as well? I, yeah. I also have. So, if you have, if I have proficiency, I just add my proficiency bonus, or do I also add like my, uh, I guess, wisdom bonus? You would add there. your wisdom and your proficiency bonus. You know what? On uh, your on your character sheet, beside where it says animal handling, it gives you a number. And that's your bonus. This is factual. Does it? Does it now? Uh, I rolled a 16 uh, plus 5, so 21. You're trying to calm down the dogs, and you're somewhat successful. Um, but you hear, almost as soon as you start doing this, the sound of footsteps and yelling coming from the village. And you are greeted by a whole slew of warriors. There are 25 warriors, 30 commoners, and there's also three people who are more dressed up in different, looks like tribal regalia. I I remain like sitting on the floor, on the ground, surrounded by the dogs. And I've like got one laying down and I'm scratching its belly. That's how, like. You didn't succeed that well. What? Why not? (laughs) Can I pet them? Am I petting them? I I just remain off in the background, not talking to the dogs at all um so you are greeted by a whole bunch of people uh the warriors have weapons drawn and they begin yelling at you in their language yuliak what do you do i wave hello Hi. Oh. yes smile 
wave, look friendly. Be non-threatening. Kind of like lift up our hands, you know, in the universal, like, Look, no weapons in my hands. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. You are now surrounded as they're pointing spears at you. Then after a little while of them yelling what appear to be questions at you, (laughs) you hear from up the way you came, uh, Larry yell, just... Don't make any sudden movements, okay, guys? Um, and some of them, some of the warriors turn to look where he was coming up, and he walks out, and he says, I I don't know why they're acting like this, guys. Like, really. Like, they're really normally very nice people. Um, as he's describing this, one of the warriors comes up and knocks him out. <laughs> oh, well done. Oh. Thanks, Larry. In fact, all three of you are struck from behind and are all knocked out. Hello, I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore, and thank you for listening to episode three of Dungeons & Dragons, this one titled Rock the Boat. I hope you're enjoying what we're creating here. I just want to take a moment to say sorry for the technical issues midway through. We are working on remedying this, so hopefully it won't last too much longer. Um, As for exciting news, Dungeons & Dragons is on iTunes as well as many other download sources, and I am working as quickly as I can to make it available everywhere I can. When you do subscribe, um, if you do subscribe... Um, If you could give us a rating and review, hopefully positive, every little bit helps in the rankings on iTunes. Um, If we start getting them through, we may start reading them here because we'd love to hear what everyone is thinking about the podcast and the story and the characters and everything, um, everything going on in the the, the dumb dragon world. Speaking of which, if you want to be more involved in the Dumb Dragon universe, you can follow us on Twitter at DumbDragonCast and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DumbDragonCast. This is where you can find out first when new episodes are loaded and, of course, any other information we have, we will put out there first. Um, I am also in the process of putting a website together where more character and world-based information can be kept up. Uh, more details on that soon. I won't bore you with it right now, uh, but we'll come back to that another time. Um, and that should be enough for now. Um, thank you again for taking part in what we have going on here. We're really excited about it. Um, let's get back to the adventure. Our next episode will be out February 1st. We'll be on a Wednesday release schedule um, going forward. Um, have a wonderful couple weeks, and we'll talk to you then. And you wake up. Um, you're unsure how long later, but you are in a very small yurt tied up. Um, all of your belongings are out of reach, and you are being watched by one of the people who was dressed up in some of the regalia. I mean, he asks a question to you. Larry is awake at this point, and Larry interprets what he's saying, and he says he wants to know what we're doing here and why you're here and what you want from us. Well, well Larry, you know. <laughs> we are in search of a woman who might have the location of the Dracorn. And if we can control the Dracorn, we can start to eliminate our big, you know, dragon and dragon cult problem that is the scourge of our part of the world. Larry interprets, but the man, he says, the dragon problem is not a problem that can be taken care of. If you think you can, you are foolish. That 
Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> us. But we're also very stubborn. <laughs> Do you think that they, like, worship this dragon? Because they're living, like, surrounded by his carcasses, right? So maybe we want to, instead of talking about... I don't know, like anything negative about dragons, we want to just like really focus on how we're trying to find that woman and that ship. Like that's what we're, have they seen anything like that? You describe Makoth the Crimson and he kind of takes a pause and says, we've heard stories of her and her ship, but they were destroyed years ago by a dragon named... Aruthator. Well, he uses the phrase Old White Death. Yeah, sounds like the same guy. But in fact, the dragon itself was killed a year ago by frost giants. Oh, twist. Twist indeed. (laughs) He starts describing how they are living here and that you guys need to leave right away as there are many different sea monsters in the area. Um, And he tells you that he's surprised that you walked past the ice shelf as those are all the bones of the monsters that they have killed in in trying to keep people away from where they are staying. They're saying they killed the whales and the giant seals, like the rib tunnel. He did not refer to them as whales or seals. He referred to them as bones of sea monsters. I do not think this group is very educated. But also they're lying because there's teeth marks on them. Like giant teeth marks. So how'd they kill them? They're pulling our legs here. (laughs) Call them out on it, Nulara. Well, so we can ask like, oh, it looked like there was teeth marks on those giant bones, though. Huh? (laughs) Without being accusatory, but, you know. He takes a second and looks like he's searching for the right thing to say, but then says, you must... Just leave for the safety of our tribe and for your safety. There is nothing for you here. Can I ask him, before the ice giant defeated Aruthator, who is now dead, um, were they ruled over by this dragon? He does not say, but a look in his eye gives you the feeling that there is something that he is very concerned about. Do the ice giants rule this land? He says no. Is Aruthator the dragon actually dead? He avoids the question and I says, got my answer. if you do not leave, Aruthator is going to be pissed and destroy your village? If you do <laughs> not leave, we will force your strongest warrior to battle our strongest warrior. Would this get us the answers to the questions that we've been asking? Because we're not we're not above a fight or anything. I'd prefer to work together to solve this problem as opposed to kill your strongest warrior. That just sounds that just sounds like a backward step. To Do me. they need help fighting the frost giants? Because we're all over that. Yeah, we are We are very helpful. Like, we don't want to fight them. He says, if you feel you can help us, the only way I know that you can prove this is to battle our strongest warrior. Do we have to kill him? I don't really want to kill him. Me neither. I really don't want to kill your strongest warrior. I mean, we can, like... Can we just fight till... Like, maim? Or even... Fight until he gets too tired? Or, or fight until we could have struck a killing blow, but not actually... Do- Know what I mean? 
Like how they would fight, like a training fight. The battle must be to the oh death. My God. All right, fine, let's fine. do this. Okay, why do you want us to kill your strongest <laughs> warrior so bad? You know what? Maybe they don't trust the strongest warrior. Maybe he's in cahoots with the. Maybe he's just trying to get us to do his maybe. dirty work. Who knows? Which one of us is going to murder perhaps a very innocent person? He says one of the stipulations of this battle is that it must be one on one. No magic is allowed. Oh. No. <laughs> And the fight continues until one contestant is unconscious and dying. Ooh, so not necessarily dead, dead. All right, I volunteer as tribute. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say. Hit points. Also, what do these people look like? Are they human? Humanoid? Yeah. Humanesque. Okay. Yeah, yeah, very human, humanesque. Okay. Human-like. Yeah. yeah. Flint. Also, I, I don't want you to turn your flaming sword on and be disqualified. So. Oh, yeah. That's I true. Guess that's that's magic. magic. That's a really good point. Yeah, Flint is like the least magic we have with the yeah. most strength. Knock him down, Flint. <laughs> Let's Knock do this. Down. You've accepted the battle. Okay. So you are brought out. You're allowed one weapon. I will take my two-handed great axe. Thank you very much. And your armor, of course. Yeah. But uh, you guys are brought out to the center of the village. All of the people from the village are encircling the area. Um, and you come out and you are greeted by a very large man dressed in full gladiator type armor and he is probably at least double your size (laughs) who has shield and a spear and all of the commoners and people surrounding the area are all chanting a word which larry tells you that this word is what he assumes is this man's name and it is orca heart so they are chanting this louder and louder over and over again until you are escorted into the center of this arena. in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish Welcome to Beyond the Dark Sub-level 19 was nothing like the other floors at Machinko There were no alabaster workbenches No spotless white carpets. Here, it was dank, dark. And that noise. A humming, throbbing sound like a sickly heartbeat hiding behind the whir of a great machine. A large metal cage loomed out of the darkness, backlit by an iridescent blue monitor, on which a cursor blinked idly. A metal panel slid out of an aperture in the cage near the monitor, and suddenly the cursor came to life. It read, Insert hand here. Beyond the Dark, a sci-fi anthology by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Find it at beyondthedarkpodcast.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts.